everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. He recovers from his medical procedure, and uh, we've got Bill via the magic of the Internet, so we can uh, we can get Bill's thoughts on everything going on in the world of college football, including what could be a very important game for Coach Brian Harson and the Auburn football program in the short term and in the long term as they welcome the Missouri Tigers to Jordan-Hare Stadium for the first time in program history. Missouri's first ever game at Auburn. Uh, Auburn won at Missouri in 2017. They defeated Missouri in the 2013 SEC championship game, but Missouri uh, coming up on, I believe this is Missouri's 10th season, as an SEC program, and they are—they—they uh, they have never played uh, in Jordan-Hare Stadium before. So a, a historic meeting, and and maybe, like I said before, maybe a pivotal game for Auburn, uh, especially if the Tigers can't rebound uh, from their loss to Penn State last week. Let's uh, get some housekeeping out of the way. Hour number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. They also sponsor the hotline, 334-321-1390, the number to dial if you want to jump in on the conversation. Love to get your thoughts on tomorrow's game and how you're feeling about the uh, about the program uh, in the uh, in, at, at the moment. I'm sure there are a lot, of, a lot of different opinions out there about the direction things are currently headed and where things need to go. You can text the show, 364-1840 on the... Drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, Podcast of the Drive, available however you listen to podcasts, courtesy of Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Bill Cameron is on the line via the Internet. And, uh, Bill, I was uh, we were just chatting a little bit before the uh, before the show starts. First of all, and I'm reluctant to ask this, but how you feeling, Bill? Uh, I, I guess about the same. I, I guess, I guess what it is is every day I try to do a little bit more and, uh, probably aggravate it a little bit and aggravate myself. So, uh, I mean, I, I went outside, uh, I did a couple of things. I mean, not, not any severe thing. I mean, like cleaned out a bird bath, you know, just did just little, little silly things, just a couple of things just to walk outside and get the fresh air. And I'm so beat when I when I try to get back inside. So still not, uh, you know. I, I guess I guess I expected it to be, uh, you know, uh, pretty simple. Then in a day or two, I'd be back up and around and, and no problem. But yeah, still still a struggle trying to bend the knee and and walk anything near normal. So yeah, looks like I'm stuck here for a little bit longer, but uh, not not feeling that bad. Just sort of. Uh, Ready, you know, ready to watch some, watch some football tomorrow, whether it's uh, live or or here at the house. Well, Bill, describing the uh, the process, you know, it's a little bit reminiscent of maybe how some folks thought the Brian Harson era would go, right? Maybe there'd be some choppy, uh, some some choppy stuff at the beginning as Brian Harson transitioned to his uh, to his surroundings in the SEC, but eventually he'd be able to recapture what he was able to do. Uh, so successfully at Boise State, and and maybe that could happen. You know, may, maybe that's the future. But 
I mean, it, what 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 was the term we, uh, we we critically endangered? You know that that that's where that's where the the Brian Harson era finds itself at least going into this Saturday's game. I mean, have you, can can you think about? I mean, in, in recent years, Bill, games that felt like the coach absolutely had to win to remain Auburn's coach in in, in the short term. Did Malzahn? Uh, you know, were there were there game? I know the LSU one is kind of well, famous, right? The LSU the LSU game maybe. Uh, where it, where you felt like the loser was in in deep trouble and and Auburn did win and uh, LSU went ahead and made a change. I think that if sort Auburn of. if Auburn hadn't played well in the seventeen Georgia game when when Georgia came here as uh, the number one team in the country and and Auburn had a chance to win the division if they beat Georgia and Alabama back to back when when both of those teams were number one. Uh, I think that if 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 Auburn had played poorly in that game, it would have been uh, there there would have been a lot of heat. On Gus Malzahn, I don't know if it would have been job termination style heat, but yeah, that there is that that game comes to mind certainly that that 2016 visit from LSU uh, when when you got the sense that the losing coach was going to be in a uh, in, in a whole heap of trouble. You know, they were going to have splaining to do, as as Ricky Ricardo uh, used to say. And that's, I mean, is that is that dissimilar from where it seems like Brian Harson is at the moment? No, I don't think it is terribly, and I don't think I don't think uh, Missouri is quite at that point. But look, Eli Drinkwitz is thirteen and thirteen at Missouri, hasn't had a winning season there, and this is his third year. Uh, Missouri fans aren't exactly thrilled either. So this is a pretty big ball game for both, you know, for both schools and both coaches. If Missouri wins, that's a, that's a big win for Eli Drinkwitz. If Auburn wins, with all the uh, with everything that's been going on around Auburn for the last, uh, you know, well, well, heck, let's say for the last year. But, I mean, with everything that's been going on around Auburn, uh, that's not going to sit well for Missouri fans and Eli Drinkwitz. Certainly not. I mean, this is this is Eli Drinkwitz's chance to get – it would be his first win on the road in conference since joining the, uh, the SEC. I, I don't believe Missouri has won a road conference game uh, with, uh, with, with Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, at the uh, at at the helm, so yeah, this is this is seemingly a chance for Drinkwitz to uh, to 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 improve his position and pick up a win over a team like you said that has more talent on paper than the Missouri Tigers, but also is in a, in, in in disarray at the moment. Not just after a really ugly one-sided loss to Penn State, but also with the news that, and, and I know Brian Harson didn't confirm it last night on Tiger Talk. But it does appear that Auburn's going to be without T.J. Finley and Zach Calzada tomorrow uh, when uh, when they take the field, and those were the, I mean, the overwhelming favorites to win the quarterback job, right? Like, I mean, I mean, if if you think about, well, it was your returning starter and the uh, expected, um, the expected starter, right? I mean, it it was a, uh, it's it, you know, I, I think that if. A few months ago, if you told folks that Robbie Ashford was in line to take most of the snaps at quarterback in the Missouri game, uh, folks would have thought, well, that's either really good news or some unfortunate things have happened to move that into the likeliest, uh, the, the likeliest outcome. I'm, I'm very interested to see, because of the circumstances regarding Robbie Ashford's appearances in the first three games, the score, and the fact that he wasn't really running I mean, you can wonder how much of the whole offense they've had Robbie running as the as the quarterback. Um, I'm really interested to see what the offense looks like with with Robbie Ashford, uh, presumably getting most of the playing time at quarterback tomorrow. There is Holden Gurner, uh, who who could be 
in the mix, uh, even though uh, I, th- I think folks, you know, even, even not, not that long ago, Holden Gurner seemed like a long shot to get a lot of playing time, but without TJ Finley, without uh, Zach Calzada, and with Robbie Ashford's passing ability still somewhat in question, uh, maybe Auburn uh, goes to the true freshman. I think we said yesterday, Bill, Brian Harson is not in a position to worry about Holden Gurner's redshirt year. Like that, that can't no. be. I know folks are, oh, you can't burn the red shirt. Oh, you know, maybe you only use them in four games. If he can help you win, like it's, I mean, you've got, you, you've got eight conference games coming up and, and six of them against pretty good SEC West teams and another one against Georgia after this game on Saturday. So, no, I, I don't think Holden Gurner's red shirt status can be a, uh, uh, can, can, can be something that, uh, that, that, that folks are, you know, that, that internally, they're worried about it. If they think he can help them, he's, he's got to get out there. And, yeah, that's something else to watch for. Not just how is Robbie Ashford utilized, uh, but is, is Robbie Ashford the only quarterback we see tomorrow? Or does Auburn, uh, either for strategic reasons or out of necessity because of Robbie's performance, do they go to Holden Gurner and, and see what he can bring as well? I think if Robbie Ashford plays well, he could he could go the distance um, or, or have it set up. You know, if he plays well and Auburn has the game in hand, you can go to start your pace. Somebody else like that to to run out at the end of the ball game. If things don't go well. Look, let's face it. Auburn's in the same position that teams like South Carolina and Bandy and Tennessee actually teams that that have struggled and are trying to find an answer offensively have gone through over the past few years. And you've seen some of those situations turn out where wow, the young guy that you didn't expect to see playing plays very well and takes the job. I mean. If it comes down to it, you've got to you've got to have that possibility. Uh, you've got to exhaust all possibilities. You can't just say, "Well, if Robbie Ashford doesn't play well, we'll just punt it and save Holden Gurner for whoever the coach is next year." No, you're not going to do that. Certainly not. And so, yeah, I think Auburn's offensive approach is really interesting. And and after after a game where Auburn was two to one pass in the first half before the score got out of hand, you know how comfortable is Auburn? Uh, handing the ball off to tailbacks and trying to beat a team that way, or is this still an offense that that really wants to uh, uh, that, that that really wants to throw the ball? And yeah, you know, I, I I don't know. Like that that's a you know the 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 change that we see without T.J. Finley and with Robbie Ashford in the uh, in the cockpit, I think is uh, something to make tomorrow's game more interesting than I don't know. Maybe maybe it would be otherwise with a pair of uh, of reeling SEC teams. Oh, Three, oh go, I mean, go ahead. Normally- yeah, normally you think an 11 o'clock game and it's not very interesting, but I mean, it is. I mean, Missouri gave up 260 yards or something like that rushing to Kansas State. So they have struggled to stop the run. It would really be a head scratcher if Auburn decides, eh, we're not going to take a chance and run. We're just going to put the ball in the, in the, put the game in the, in the hands of Robbie Ashford and his arm. I mean, that, that would be one of the strangest things ever. Of course, I mean, who knows? We'll, we'll see. Right, and, and and if Missouri's if Missouri's defense is overplaying the run, you know may, maybe Auburn could be put in a position where they have to throw. I mean, who, who knows what happens tomorrow? I mean, it's 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 interesting to see. And and again, I feel like we've fallen into the trap, Bill, where it's all Auburn's offense, right? And we're not talking enough about the very real questions that Auburn right. has at every level of the defense that also needs to improve tomorrow against a Missouri offense that would love to gain some momentum by coming to Joyner right. Stadium and and and, play, and, and playing well against an Auburn defense that had expectations going into the season. Yeah, and, and really has, has in no way lived up to any of those expectations. I think, uh, you know, I, I said preseason, and, and I felt pretty comfortable in this, 
that I thought Auburn had one of, for sure, one of the three or four best defenses in the Southeastern Conference, and they're not anywhere close to that. They haven't been able to pressure the quarterback. They haven't been able to make plays behind the line of scrimmage. They haven't created turnovers. They haven't covered tightly. They haven't stopped the run. I mean, it, it has been very disappointing thus far. And, yeah, you know, I, I heard some talk a little earlier, which side of the ball has been more disappointing. Well, the offense has struggled as, as much or more, but the expectations for the defense were so much higher that I, there's no doubt, there's no question in my mind that the defense has been more disappointing to this point. You, you thought you thought Auburn may have one of the three or four best defenses in the SEC. They haven't had one of the three or four best defenses in the Sun Belt through the first three no, games. No, you're right. Through the first three games of the season. We got callers hanging on. Let's get to AJ, who's on the line. 334-321-1390. If you want to jump in, AJ, you are on the air. Hey, Dan. Hey, Bill. How y'all doing today? Doing all right. Good to hear from all right, you. All right, man. Hey, War Eagle, I'm, I'm excited for tomorrow's game. I, I, this could be just optimistic thinking, but I remember the A-Day game, and I came away from A-Day thinking, boy, Robbie and, and um, Holden Gurner sure looked good. And, you know, Holden's been in the offense for, you know, I think, since January, maybe sometime since then, and I was just maybe hoping to see in my orange and blue glasses that, you know, maybe they didn't start, Holden Gurner because he just didn't have the experience that Finley had and, and, you know, maybe Calzada being injured or, or, you know, Robbie, I don't know. I'm just excited. Maybe, maybe we'll see some things clicking. And I guess the other thing I watched Pink Bigsby, uh, Bigsby's video of him giving the, the beat to the team and just maybe they're using this, you know, uh, going through what they've gone through this week to, to bring the team together and, and, and gel, and, and it's us against the world, and we're going to go show them. I, I don't know. May, I don't know. <laughs> I think, no, I think there's reason to believe this team can play better than they played against Penn State, and maybe that's enough. Oh, yeah. That's enough to beat enough to- you know, some, some of the teams on their schedule, including Missouri. You know, it's just it's a matter of, uh, yeah, you know, how, how, do, how do they rebound uh, tomorrow? I mean, right. there, there's, there's, you, you would think there's a path to improvement, and, and maybe even, I mean, maybe even there's a way to utilize Robbie Ashford. Uh, where, where you can have a, an, an offense that keeps defenses honest and, and Robbie can, uh, you know, he, he can improve with every game because remember this is a guy who hadn't, I mean, Robbie's getting his first career start tomorrow as, as, a, as a college football player if Robbie indeed starts and, and we're not, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to claim to know anything Brian Harson doesn't know, Bill. So I, I imagine Robbie Ashford <laughs> starting tomorrow, um, yeah. but, but I know, um, you know, I don't want to invade anybody's privacy here. By, by presuming that Robbie Ashford is going to be your starting quarterback tomorrow. So I don't know. Uh, but no, I, I think there is, I mean, I, I think it would be it would be really helpful, especially with LSU at home a week later, uh, to uh, to try to gain some momentum. And if, if only because a loss tomorrow and you're asking, you're asking the kind of questions you ask right before a coach gets fired. And so... Yeah, because, right, I was just going to say, since this is your SEC opener, I mean, as, as ugly, as painful as everything as last Saturday was, it was a non-conference game. And with a win here, you're 1-0 in the SEC and, and see if you can, you know, get everybody's minds back right. If they go out there, but like you said, if they go out there and lose tomorrow, then, then forget the, well, we'll just put this one behind us kind of talk because you won't. I mean, it's, uh, you lose this one, there's no way that you're going to avoid um, you know, all the talk and all the rumblings. And 
I don't see how you can keep the team together. But there still is reason to think that they could do that because there's talent. There's still talent there. Auburn should be able to beat Missouri, but they can't let that Penn State game just, you know, drag them through that 11 o'clock kick tomorrow. AJ, you still there? I am. All right. Anything else for us? Yeah, I remember a few years ago you would always ask kind of like what your score predictions are, then maybe uh, an extra stat or something. If you if you're still doing that, I had an idea. Is what what percentage do you think uh, Robbie will play uh, quarterback versus Holden? You know, that's a really good question. That's a really good question, AJ. Um, Like I said a while ago, I think if Robbie plays well, he could go you know, close to, to, to a complete game um, because, uh, I, you know, it just depends on how well it's going. I mean, if they really click and it looks like, oh, man, here's, here's RPO and it's 2013, then, uh, then, you, then you might get Holden in just to get his feet wet. But if you see, I think the more you see of Holden, the, the less the offense is clicking. Yeah, I, I think the question is, I mean, I understand the percentages uh, angle, but but I think the question is how early do you see a quarterback other than Robbie Ashford, right? Which I guess would be Holden Gurner in that situation, and, and and how how early does Auburn feel like either for strategic reasons or uh, because you know either either as a as a formation or as a specific play or because they need someone else playing quarterback? How early would Auburn make that make that decision? It's it's something to watch for, and a lot of it you're like you said, Bill. A lot of it has to do with how Holden Gurner or how uh, how Robbie Ashford is performing if uh, he starts as I think everyone expects. Uh, for Auburn tomorrow morning. 334-321-1390, the number to dial. We'll take a break. Heath is hanging on. We'll get to Heath when we come back. Love to hear from you as well. Stick around. You're listening to The Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Friday edition on the road. We are live at Sky Bar Cafe in downtown Auburn. Doors at 6 o'clock for Sky Bar tonight as they'll have the park band, I believe. Is that was a, I believe I was told that the park band is, uh, is on the main stage tonight at Sky Bar. Shouldn't speculate about these things. I should check before we uh, go on there. All right, so, yeah, park band is, uh, is, is in the back. Blaine Rudd on the main stage. They'll uh, have the doors at 6 o'clock with specials until 9 tomorrow night. Jason Jones... Uh, they'll have uh, Jason Jones on the main stage, Shackelford Lane on the front stage. They're going to open at 1.30, so if you're uh, leaving Jordan-Hare Stadium following Auburn, Missouri, or looking for something to do following the game, come by Sky Bar. They will be open throughout the day as uh, homecoming festivities going on here in Auburn. A lot of folks in town. I've seen some Missouri, uh, some Missouri license plates as well, Bill. I imagine it's a little bit like last week where, you know, if you've never been to a place before, you might uh, make, you know, make, make, uh, Take steps to make sure that you get to take this trip and, and see your team play at a uh, at an unfamiliar place. Before it's not it's not as historic, you know. What I mean, it, it's probably not the only time Missouri will ever play at Jordan Hare Stadium. But I can understand why some Missouri fans would be motivated uh, to uh, make this trip and, and check out Auburn's campus and, and Jordan Hare Stadium tomorrow. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial. I think Heath is hanging on. What's up, Heath? Bill, Dan, thanks for taking my call. I really do appreciate it. Bill, I hope the knee gets better soon, buddy. I know that's got to be a 
get a heck of a thing to do with all that yard work piling up and all those leaves falling up there. You better get after it, buddy. <laughs> nah, I'm not going to mess with those yet. Yeah, guys, um, I love the university. I love the team. I love everything about Auburn. And I don't want to harsh on anyone's homecoming weekend. I hope everyone has an amazing homecoming weekend. It's supposed to be beautiful up there. A um, little warm, but other than that, it's just supposed to be gorgeous. But, guys, I just I got something I've been wanting to get off my chest. Um, I'll just say it real quick. I, like I said, I don't want to harsh on everybody's great weekend. But um, my question is, and I'm kind of a conspiracy theorist. I'm sure there was one more than one shooter at JFK. Um, I just I, I can't help but believe from the things I'm seeing. And everybody who knows basic football knows that you put the, the ball in the, in the playmaker's hands and you get away from what makes you who you are. Who's to say, guys, that, that Harson doesn't already have a foot out the door? And he's pissed off the things that the, that, that the boosters pull with him or, or the, so whoever, you know, the, the, the big coup around Christmas. And he's just trying to get us back. He's not. He, he, he's already out. He knows he's gone. Everybody says he's coaching well, for his job. Everybody. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, if, if he wants to keep coaching, that would be one of the, the, the worst things he could do. Because if anybody got wind that he was – Tanking on purpose. Oh, I could, you know, I could just, completely understand you know. that. My, my biggest gripe and, and, and concern, honestly, yeah, this year, it's a building year. You could give the man 10 years. You could give him a decade. I like Carson. I see, he seems like a great man. I don't, I don't have a problem with him whatsoever. But you could give the man a decade. And we haven't, we haven't gotten any better with the same players from last year. And, and we have stud talent on the You're team. Right. But he hasn't gotten out there and done anything for our future. That's my concern. That's where I see a big red flag. Right. And Heath, Heath, mm-hmm. I, I understand your frustration. I'm, I'm just always, you know, I, I guess early in life, I, I, I decided that I'm, I'm going to assume incompetence when I don't have more evidence that it's something malicious. Or I'm going to yeah, assume that this is merely. You know, someone not realizing what they got themselves into, somebody who had never recruited like a superpower before in his entire career, somebody who'd never been, you know, a head coach in a conference against other teams trying to win the national championship before. And maybe he had a different idea of what it takes to win in the SEC, uh, you know, a a year and a half ago. uh, And and now by the time he's realized it, or either he hasn't realized it yet, or by the time he realizes it, it's going to be too late. I'm not ready to say he's deliberately... Uh, you know, any of this is, gotcha. is on purpose. I'm, I'm, I'm more thinking this, this is a cautionary tale about my question is just with, with the play calling. Team. My question is with the play yeah. calling, offenses and defenses. Listen, look across the sideline at what Penn State's defense is and do it and try to emulate that. Just try something. We have well, that's, Missouri, that's what Missouri's going to do tomorrow. Missouri's hey, got Manny every, Diaz's everybody, as, as the defensive coordinator. Marking, they're going to emulate what, what, what Penn State did if, if Auburn won't. Hey, listen, every time San Jose State got the ball in the fourth quarter of that game, it was either a field goal or they drove the length of the field on us at will. You can't tell me that Missouri is supposedly less or a better opponent than San Jose State. Guys, I hate to say it. I don't know not quarterback, quarterback may not be quite as good, but uh, yeah. they probably overall top to bottom got as much talent as San Jose State. Hey, listen, I've seen the game differently. Yeah, win's a win. Ask Jimbo. He'd love to have that one back. You know, but um, listen, I want it to happen for us. And, guys, thank you for taking my call. I don't want to hold anybody's time up. Like I said, I hate to harsh on homecoming. I hope everyone has an amazing weekend up there.
No, absolutely, Heath. And, and you know, I guess I guess remember, nothing lasts forever in college football. We see we see programs turn it around, and uh, that, that doesn't really help in the short term. We'll see what Auburn can do tomorrow, uh, but but it's never, you know, it, it think, things things happen quickly these days in, in the sport. Bill, yeah, I was going to say uh, uh, I understand exactly what he's talking about because it's things we heard not not only that we have seen and expected, but it's things we have heard from. Coach Harson and the staff at what they are planning on doing, what they wanted to do, and they're not doing that. That's that's the the, the biggest puzzle right now. It's like, when when are you going to do it? We'll we'll be back with more. You're listening to the drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Hour number one of The Drive. We are live on the patio at Skybar. Just beyond the front door. They'll be open at 6 o'clock tonight, 1.30 tomorrow. Outstanding entertainment all weekend long. Also want to thank Bud Light Next, our co-sponsor of these Friday tailgates downtown in Auburn. Bud Light Next, zero carbs, super crisp light beer. Shout out to the good folks at Bud Light Next. Drink responsibly. And, of course, our friends here at Sky Bar Cafe in downtown Auburn. 334 Three two one thirteen ninety, the number to dial. Love to know how you're feeling about tomorrow's uh, Auburn Missouri game. Anything else going on in the SEC or around the uh, the country in college football that's uh, got your attention? Love to hear about that as well. As we've got uh, Bill Cameron uh, joining us via the magic of the internet, and we've got Bill on the phone as well. What's up, Bill? Oh, hey guys, listen up. Uh... I wanted to throw a couple things in. I hope people have got tickets to go tomorrow. You know, the, the players deserve the support. Uh, they didn't ask for any of this. And, uh, you know, you know, uh, the offensive unit coordinator, Schmetting, and, uh, and the other guy, Keesaw, I'm sure they're nice guys and all. It's nothing personal. I just don't think these guys are up to this, uh, after what I saw last Saturday. The head coach, you know, that's one of, uh, we still got the hangover from the uh, the previous president who brought these guys in. He goes to Buffalo and gets Green. He gets, Green goes to Boise and gets this guy. And I remember I said last year I called in a couple of times. I hope this guy knows what he's doing because it just didn't look right. Uh, that's just my opinion. And, and what happened to uh, to Luke Deal and Tyler Fromm? I mean, we used them last year. They're like uh, missing in action now. I, I don't. I don't get with you. I don't understand what these guys are trying to do. I really don't. No, no, Bill. That's that's a great point. I mentioned it yesterday. I said all the tight ends that Auburn has, you would expect they would use those guys. You want to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly. You've got a, a great group of tight ends. Even with Landon King moving over to receiver, you mentioned Luke Deal and Tyler Fromm. We've seen Brandon Frazier catch a pass, but it seems like John Samuel has been the only one that they have really targeted much. And, and we've seen quite a few different receivers on the field, but not many of them targeted. I, 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 I'm with you. I, I really don't know what the plan is. Yeah, and I, this is starting to look a lot like 
2019 where there where you just kept hoping every week it would get better and it never did. I hope for the players' sake things turn around and they can win enough games. Bill, I think to, you got your years mixed up. I mean, Auburn went nine and three in in 2019. You, I mean, is that is that the year you're thinking of? Or uh, I'm sorry, yeah, I, I'm at. Uh, what, what, you mean 12? You mean the end of Chiswick? 12, yeah, you're, you're right, Dan. Thanks for uh, correcting me there. You know, I, and I didn't, and, and that's, you know, it's a trivial point, but I do think that that stands out as a year you desperately want to avoid comparison to, uh, Bill, kind of like 1980, right? It's one of, the, it's one of those years yep. you don't want to be compared to. And, um, you know, throughout the, throughout, say what you want about Malzahn, right? I mean, e even the disappointing losses were pretty competitive, for the most part, I mean, it's certainly at home. I mean, there there are some road losses where Auburn got turfed uh, by by really good teams, but uh, you know, you didn't see you didn't see something like that at Jordan Hare Stadium, and yeah. Yeah, it was it it was a damaging loss, and it's urgent uh, that that Auburn put forth the better product uh, this Saturday, or you wonder how much longer Brian Harson's in charge. And I'm not I'm not into these mid season firings. I think, it, but you know, I just uh, people know what they're doing at Sanford Hall, but. Let's just hope that they, they can win some games and uh, keep their head up. And but I hope the people will support the players and go to the game and you know, not stay away because we're not doing well. I've, I've been to – I go way back to the 70s, and I remember that 80 game. And, you know, I go when they're doing well, and I go when they're not doing so well. And I hope no, everybody no, will I think those, those two things are a little – those two things are a little incompatible, though. I mean, I, I think if Auburn and, – and remains to be seen what happens tomorrow, but if Auburn were to lose tomorrow, um, I, I think that – if you kept Brian Harson for another week and had him coach the team at home against LSU, I don't know if we've seen a coach receive a reaction as hostile as the one I would maybe expect. You know, if, if, if Brian Harson were to lose on Saturday, you know, if he were to lose tomorrow and then retain his job for another week, I, I just think there would be a, a very negative reaction from the home crowd towards. That's right, and Harson maybe the whole team. It's disappointing, but but I I mean that's what I would predict if if he lost and retained his job. And that's a good point. But uh, real quick, who would who would take over the team? Um, I would guess Will Friend in the short term. Bill, do you have a strong feeling about where Auburn would look for an interim coach throughout the rest of the season? Yeah, Friend. Uh, <laughs> Definitely not the offensive. These are a coordinator, but uh, yeah, I'd oh, no, probably be... not. You wouldn't. You probably wouldn't take someone who has been with uh, Brian Harson for a long, long time. So, Will Friend's experience, um, Zach. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Zach and Cadillac are probably the most you know well-known figures among Auburn fans because of their playing careers. And Zach Zach Etheridge has you know he's been in college football longer than Cadillac. I, I would I would guess Will Friend. Uh, you know, and like you said, eliminating the coordinators from contention because they're they're Harson guys as well. Um, that that would be my that would be my guess. All right, guys, I enjoy the show and uh, hope for a win tomorrow. Absolutely, here, you Appreciate know, here, it, Bill. Yeah, here, here goes nothing. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial here on the Friday edition of the Drive Live on ESPN one zero six seven for the folks walking by. Wondering, wondering how you know how they can listen to this this thing here on the uh, you know walking by the, uh, the 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 entrance of Sky Bar. We're here live on ESPN 106.7 every weekday, and of course on on, e, uh, on RadioAlabama.net. Go to the ESPN 106.7 tab and listen live. You can hear the show that way as well. And I imagine we've got someone who doesn't listen terrestrially on ESPN 106.7 uh, calling in. Bill, it's Jared from Hawaii is is on the line. What's up, Jared? 
Hey, aloha, y'all. Uh, yeah, from Hawaii, listening through the uh, ESPN 106.7 app. Uh, try to listen every day. That's uh, great. Podcast or app. So I appreciate what y'all do, and it's in, it's encouraging me just to be able to listen to y'all, see what's going on back in Auburn. So I appreciate what y'all do. So, hey, Jared, got to ask you, though, what are you doing in Hawaii? Uh, I'm in the Army, so I'm stationed out here for the next three years. Oh, okay. Yeah, very cool, man. You pre- appreciate the service, obviously, and uh, and yeah, thanks thanks for listening. Very cool. Yeah, and I'll say this is probably the first time I think I've ever been happy that uh, here the kickoff is at 6 a.m. on Saturday, so good, bad, or indifferent, it's done by 9.30 in the morning, and I can go and spend <laughs> the rest of my day, whether it's uh, on the beach in sorrow or whatever may be the case. So nine, by 9.30, I'll be done with the game. Yeah, you can flush it with some spam and eggs, right? You could have have some spam and eggs and a, uh, and, and a and a coffee or something, and you know you got the, you got the whole rest of your Saturday ahead of you. Yeah, and I guess for me, just uh, I was excited when they hired Harson, but it's just I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's been a good fit from the start, and I think part of it was the contention between whatever possibly the trustees wanted, the athletic director wanted, so it never felt like it was a good fit from the beginning, and it's just going to be. And with the way you have with uh, the signing days now in December, I know people keep on calling and saying they don't agree with in-season firing. You almost have to do that now. If you're ready to move on, you got to move on in the middle of the season because signing days, right after the regular season ends, you're in signing day and uh, transfer portal mode. So you got to yes. have someone in place as quickly as possible. So and remember the portal, the portal windows, like the portal windows, Jared are are. I mean. They're looking at the Saturday. They're looking at starting them right after conference championship games end. And so every day you go without a coach following the conference championship game is a day you're missing out on convincing your own players to stay and convincing other players in the portal to come play for you. And so, yeah, I think it's imperative now to have your coach as close to – you're going to make a coaching change. You need the new guy in place as close to conference championship game Saturday as possible in order to salvage a recruiting class. That, that's, I mean, I know, I know that's, that's a little cutthroat compared to where college football used to be, but you, you, need, that guy, you, you need that guy as close to that, that conference championship game Saturday. You need that guy in, in, you know, in, hired. Than, than ever before. Oh, and I agree. And I think you saw that with Harson. Even though you didn't have the transfer portal, he got hired after the first signing day, and he was already that signing class. People are taught, using that against him, but I mean, he did. That wasn't even his class. He salvaged what he could in January. But if you don't have him in place right after the season ends, then you're already behind the eight ball your first season as far as recruiting class goes. No, absolutely, and I would be surprised to see Auburn or many other schools moving forward wait as long as Auburn waited on the Malzahn decision. You know, it seems like now more than you know more than in years past. You know, you you want to, I mean, maybe not week two, week three, like we've seen with Arizona State and Nebraska, uh, but but you you could see schools making a decision a little bit closer to the beginning of November. Yeah, and I think Auburn win or lose against Missouri, I think it depends a lot on how the team plays. If you already have a decision made, um, almost all for it if you're planning on moving on from him it's best to go ahead and get it done if you're planning so you can go ahead and get started on who you're looking next if you think that there's a way to salvage it great but if not i think it's almost it's almost imperative especially if they look as lackluster as they had the past, so far the first three games of the season yeah we're two and one but they there's just something missing even from last year's team with bo Nix on it 
Right, you don't want to let a wound fester, right? I mean, if it's clear that you know it's it's exactly. not working and and you got to make a change, then then make that change. Hey, really appreciate uh, the the uh, the call, Jared. Don't be a stranger. Keep listening. Keep uh, keep up the great work in Hawaii, and uh, and and talk to us again soon. All right, thanks. I appreciate y'all. Absolutely, Jared from Hawaii calling us. As I said, you can listen to the show. Yeah, that's cool. Just about anywhere yeah. with a uh, with, with an internet connection. You, Bill, Bill, you want to you want to chime in on anything uh, Jared had to say? We got John and Coach Battle hanging on, but we can uh, uh, we can uh, we, we I'd give you give you a chance to respond if if anything there from Jared really piqued your interest. No, no, I mean I, I disagree with a lot that he was saying. I mean, you know, one thing I did notice with the eleven o'clock kick tomorrow. This is the third straight eleven o'clock kick for Missouri, so. They may be a little more used to it than, than Auburn, so that mm-hmm. may be something in their advantage. Plus, I was going to ask you, I just wondered how many folks are wandering around downtown talking to uh, uh, to Elder Son. He said it was uh, nothing like the last couple well, of weeks. Well, it was nothing like – it was nothing. Like, I mean, well, I, I want to differentiate, right, because the first week of the season, the, the Mercer game was the opener, and the Penn State game was a fairly historic sort of thing. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I, I imagine that the crowd you saw at Auburn last week – around the stadium, you know, the day before the stadium. That could be the biggest crowd that comes to Auburn for a football game all year. So I, I didn't expect Missouri to rival that. It's a it's a little subdued, but I'm still seeing a lot of people. And keep in mind, it's homecoming, right? So you've got parents in That's town true. and people so that are... Opportunity for a lot of folks that, that normally wouldn't get to come to see the game. Right, and, and by the way, if you're on the fence and you don't go to very many of them, uh, the, the prices on some of the secondary uh, services, the uh, the brokers... Uh, tickets are careening towards ten dollars. The get-in price, if you want to, uh, if, if you want to go to Auburn, Missouri tomorrow, you got an excellent opportunity to do so. If you don't, uh, if you don't go to very many games, including, uh, by the way, congratulations to a uh, Bill uh, yesterday who won a pair of tickets uh, listening uh, to the show. Let's get John uh, on the line before we uh, take our final break of hour number one. What's up, John? Hey, good afternoon. Uh, first of all, what's what is your text uh, number? Oh, so the text number is three three four five six four eighteen forty, and it's the uh, the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractor. Drew, our producer, gets those text messages, and he can forward them to uh, to me and to Bill. All right, I appreciate that. Absolutely, yes. send it whenever, twenty four seven. Drew doesn't sleep, so just send send a text right, message I'll... to that number whenever you want. <laughs> I was just going to get your opinion on uh, something. Uh, I... I called in a day or two ago, and uh, like I said, in reference to if Parson doesn't work out in Auburn, and he part ways, and I know all the big names, and you know traditionally Auburn has never landed a big name coach. So if that if that happens again, I was just going to put out a secondary name. Uh, what would be the uh, thrill meter on somebody like who's got long term ties to the state, uh, like a Bill Clark, and who's produced generations of high school coaches? that have uh, would probably be able to produce solid recruiting for Clark in the uh, state of Alabama. Would that be something that would be a placeholder for three or four years with his health, or is that uh, just complete no-go for y'all? I could see Clark as, you know, sort of what Gary Patterson is to Steve Sarkeesian. Like, I could see see Clark in an assistant to the head coach role or even on the staff. I think it would be – it it just feels like Auburn needs to get someone with considerably more name recognition than Brian Harson to sort of I mean and I know that's uh you know it's a dangerous game you don't want to base it entirely on celebrity I think Bill Clark's an interesting coach I don't uh you know I think it would be it would be an odd choice to become the next head coach of of this yeah, program I agree. there could be a role for him somewhere 
I, I'd be surprised to see Auburn go to him as the next head coach. I'd say if, if you right. get Bill Clark, uh, you, you've gone, you've marked a few names off the list. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that uh, Bill is that great of a uh, an X's and O's coach, but I have, like I said, I retired from Prattville and was able to see him up close and personal, and he's great at uh, organizationals and getting everybody rowing in the he's same direction. Good, he's a pretty good X's and O's. I'll tell you what, he's, he's a really good defensive coach. He's, he's pretty good at the X's and O's. So, well, One so thing I, you don't I, know. Well, I mentioned Gary Patterson, and so I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with what's going on there at Texas, but Sarkeesian's a relative stranger to the state of Texas. And when Gary Patterson retired from TCU, Texas thought it'd be a good idea to, to hire Gary Patterson. I don't think he has an, an on-field like he's, it's a special assistant to the head coach. I think it's the official title. But in hindsight, um, and I know it wouldn't have been an option to start the 2021 season unless Auburn was willing to pay a lot. Probably would have helped Brian Harson to have someone like Bill Clark. Uh, in his ear from the moment he took the job telling him how things work in the Southeast, especially with regards to high school recruiting, right? Like, that's not that's not an argument that Bill Clark needed to be the head coach, but you can see why, uh, you know, it, it sort of explains why Texas would go out and get Gary Patterson as an assistant to someone like Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, it, I mean, you think you take that for granted, but you would think growing up here that the uh, head coach at uh, Auburn University or anybody in the South would – know the importance of recruiting. I know the very first day that Gene Chizik was hired at Auburn, he was at Prattville with his assistant coaches, meeting the coaches and, and the and the players that day that he, the very first day that he was in town. So uh, he knew what it was about. But uh, I appreciate y'all's time. Y'all have a good evening. Absolutely. Appreciate, appreciate it, John. Yeah, good good stuff, John. Remember, Bill, I was advocating for Trooper Taylor earlier this year. You wonder if that would have <laughs> we wonder what kind of spark that that might have provided on the recruiting front. I don't know, uh, but it's uh, yeah, it it does seem like you know local ties could be emphasized, not just Auburn ties, but familiarity with with the SEC and college football superpowers and recruiting in the South. You know th- those could be really important things if Auburn is looking for a new coach anytime soon. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial. Coach Battle. We will get to you when we come back. Love to hear from you as well. We are live at Sky Bar for the Friday tailgate. Presented by Skybar and the good folks at Bud Light Next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Friday edition of The Drive, live on location at Sky Bar Cafe in downtown Auburn, brought to you by Sky Bar and Bud Light next Let's get to the phones. Coach Battle is hanging on. We've got a couple minutes left in hour number one. What's up, Coach? Hey, how y'all guys doing, man? Look, appreciate everything you guys do every day. Uh, got a little vacation time in the day, so I got off early to, to listen to everything y'all have said today. Just want to chime in for a second. Uh, of course, you know, uh, I'm a former player at Auburn. And, uh, you know, came, you know, Coach, uh, uh, Coach Dye recruited me out of out of high school, and right before he recruited me, you know, Terry Bob came in, and uh, the transition of it is, and, and I called in last year a lot of times, you know, me, Willie Gauthier, Willie Anderson, Damian Craig, we all came in that freshman class. So, you know, we had to do the transition, and I said this last year when I was talking to you guys, 
you got to believe in them. Me and Tyrone Goodson were actually at the last spring game or last practice in the summer before they went off into fall uh, when we had all the Letterman uh, deal for the Letterman guys that have played before. We know we had our meetings and be there, you know, go out and watch the practice and everything. And he gave this speech, and we loved it. Uh, hell, we were ready to put on some helmets and go out there and practice that day. So, my, you know, with that being said, tomorrow is going to be a big day. Talking to all my guys I played with, we just looking for something to to hang our hat on. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, like weekend with disappointment. We get it. We get, you know. Coach, you hear, that, you hear that terms? Coach, you hear that term sometimes? Playing for pride. I know usually it's reserved for when a team is out of the running for a championship or the postseason. But you have to imagine after after losing at home in a big game yeah. that had been circled on the calendar for a really long time. Tomorrow's tomorrow's yeah. a, a bit of a it's, it's a bit of an issue of pride, isn't it? It's big pride tomorrow. Big pride tomorrow. We're on a seven point face. I mean, you get seven points playing at home, no matter you high school or whatever uh, classification you are from high school to college uh, or pro, you get seven points get for playing at home. So tomorrow, what I'm expecting of it is, got the tailgate set up. Uh, we're gonna sit out there on them TVs and we're we'll send the kids to the game to watch the game. Uh, but the thing of it is, we need to win by 30. It, that's what's in my mind. Team's got team's got to bring it tomorrow, Coach Battle. We're, we're up against the bottom of the hour break. Feel free to hang on if, if you got anything else. Always love talking to you. We got another hour to go here on the Friday Drive live from Sky Bar, presented by Bud Light. Next, don't go anywhere. We'll be back. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in, hour number two of The Drive. Live on location at Sky Bar Cafe in downtown Auburn. Just steps from Toomer's Corner. Doors at 6 o'clock tonight for Sky Bar. They will be open at 6 p.m. tonight. Sky Bar as uh, uh, tomorrow, 1.30, the, uh, the doors will open up. A couple hours after kickoff of Auburn and Missouri. Jordan-Hare Stadium. Homecoming weekend here at Auburn. Seeing some folks uh, uh, walking around uh, downtown Auburn as the... Uh, as the homecoming festivities get underway and some folks are in town for the weekend visiting and uh, seeing the sights and what have you. Bill Cameron is working from home, but he is uh, joining us via the Internet. So Bill can uh, Bill can chime in. And uh, when uh, when when folks are calling in, Bill can uh, can hear you and he can jump in as well. Three, three, four, three, two, one, thirteen, ninety hour number two of the Friday drive brought to you by. The Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. You can call the show, 334-321-1390. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. You can text the show, 334-564-1390. Uh, 
1840. That's the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Yeah, love to know how you're feeling about tomorrow's game. You know, what you want to see, what you expect to see as Auburn looks to bounce back from last week's loss to Penn State. We got Coach Battle hanging on. Bill, you want to jump in with anything before we go to Coach Battle? No, no, let's get right back to it. All right, Coach, you're, you're still on the air. Yes, sir, I am. Absolutely. So, so, so yeah, go ahead. Didn't, didn't mean to cut you off there at the bottom of the hour. You're talking no. about playing for pride, some other points about uh, what, what you hope to see tomorrow from this team. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all about playing, playing for pride. Uh, there's no different. We came in and, uh, in that 93 season when, when, when uh, Pat Dye moved on and, and uh, Terry Biden took over. Uh, we didn't know what we was getting into because, like, the sanction came in after we had them signed and got into summer camp, going into fall camp. But the thing of it is, we didn't care. We're going to play for who we need to play for. And in my mind, that's what these guys got to do. And the coaches, the coaching staff, Jack Hines, uh, forwards Tommy Bowden, my position coach, they bought into it. And they did the best they need to do every day in practice. They coached. They coached their butt off. But these kids got to buy into it. And all the community got to buy into it. Coach, I'd love to. I'd love to ask you something about about this past Saturday's game because I I didn't think, in in part because of the environment and the atmosphere and and even the way the game was competitive really early. And I heard I heard things from the coaching staff about uh, you know and, and even from some of the you know some of the players that talked to the media the notion that Auburn wasn't ready to play Auburn needed to be more ready to no. play you know and, and, or or no. even or or even that it was a uh, you know a matter of effort you know on, on Saturday and what I like I didn't think effort. Was was the problem, and I'm not sure preparation was was the problem when you yeah. think about how well Auburn played in the first half. Yeah, yeah, preparation, and uh, not to throw no shade. I mean, they got a lot of great guys on staff this coaching, and like I said, when I got there uh, this past, uh, when they got went to their final scrimmage, you know, we was there and listened to Coach, you know, Harrison talk, and like I said, we were strapped up, the old guys. I mean, and there were guys that played in the sixties and seventies, and you know. The 80s, we all there, and we listening to this. And if we can buy into it, the team got to buy into it. But for preparation, I'm looking at it like, what did they do that week of Penn State? But, you know, they done game plan all summer on this. And I'm looking at this. I'm like, what in the world is going on? We were lost the whole game. It's like we... It's like we playing for Alabama at the end of the season, but we playing Penn State last weekend. You understand what I'm saying? That's what it looked like. So in my eyes, I'm saying myself like, okay, somebody's not buying into something when it comes to these kids. So they got to go back down to ground zero and start just fundamentals. We're going to tackle, defense line. They got to come up with some schemes to free our linebackers up. We got the best linebacker that it is. We got the two best running backs in the nation in the backfield. We got to learn how to get these guys the ball. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's more there, there's more things you can wonder about offensively if this changed, if that changed. Defensively, I think it's been pretty surprising how I mean, and and yes, the approach yeah. could change defensively too, but it's been surprising how how you know infrequently Auburn wins its individual matchups defensively. I think that that's yeah. been something at least at least through right. three games. You know, watching it, you know, w- whether it's the secondary, the linebackers, or the defensive line, you know, you, you would have thought Auburn would have been winning one-on-one matchups more, considering the opponents, and even against Penn State, m- more than you've seen. Right. Offen- offensively, coach. You know, earlier this week, I-, I wondered, you know, is this? And and again, it, I understand it's year two, and so you want to be, uh, you want to be tempered in in how much of this criticism you throw directly at the feet of the of a coach who's, who's just in year two. At the same time, I think he has a responsibility to either find players who fit his system or tailor his system to fit his players. And offensively, I don't know if either of those things has happened. I mean, they haven't. I mean, you, I mean, you take Finley. Finley's a quarterback. Two, I mean, <laughs> three-step drop. That ball got to come out of his hand automatically. Yep. He's not going to be able to read down the field. That's not going to happen. That's the type of quarterback he is. A coach quarterback, so I know that. A kid like that, three straight drop, that ball got to come out. But you only talk about the main receiver, number two. He can't go past number two. No, no knock on him now. Great athletic kid. Can I mean very athletic? Ashford, he got to have a little bit more time. I think he's there's so much pressure on him with the two, you know, two quarterback system that he's trying to do. Above and beyond, he remind me a lot of Damian Craig that came in with me, a lot of. But the thing of it is, I feel like he's not being brought in. You know, I mean, that's their system, what they want to do. But it's going to take a little bit more time. The freshman out of South Georgia, I said this from day one, watching this kid coming out of high school. That kid is a football player. And I hope tomorrow we get a chance to see him. And I hope he know a lot of the offense. I think that's the kid that we need to bring along with, with you know, what Calzada got going on. And, you know, we won't see him. But you know what? That kid, that freshman, sometimes you got to throw him in the fire just for a little bit, just how they did Ashford with Finley. He's going to spark something. This going to be a football player for Auburn. And I hope he, you know, continues to stay here and don't, you know, the portal is always a always a problem now. But that kid from South Georgia, I just, I truly think that he would be a great quarterback, a great fit for Auburn if they give him the opportunity and bring him along. I hope Harson sees that. Uh, I hope the other coaches see it. But I'm, I promise you, if some guys on that football team, they see it. They see it, but it's up for the guys. You, you don't say anything. You just go out and compete every day in practice and put it out on the football field. But tomorrow, I hope that kid get a chance to play and to be able to show the fans what the future of Auburn is going to bring. But I think that's a kid that we're going to be able to hang our hat on here for the next three to four seasons. That kid is a player. And, uh, again, like I say, in it, I think he's gelling with the younger receivers in practice like Damon used to do. Damon used to be on the scout field over there when, when Stan White and Patrick Nix were there. You know, they was on, you know, we was over there. But I used to see Damon just running the defense crazy and just slanging for about 50 yards 
with the scout team receivers, and they go down there and catch it. I'll be like, boy, Damien going to be a player. You see what I'm saying? That yeah. kid is the same way. Really, really want to see what it looks like tomorrow, Coach Battle. We appreciate you call, uh, giving some uh, some of your thoughts, and, and we look forward to hearing from you next week as we uh, as as we break down Auburn, Missouri, and see uh, where, where this thing is, is headed. Appreciate it. anything else? I appreciate it, uh, Coach Battle. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial. Love to hear from you. Anything you'd like to uh, to chime in with from uh, from Auburn, Missouri? I've, I've heard from a couple people that feel uh, pretty optimistic about tomorrow's game. I don't know if that's um, you know, a belief that that Robbie Ashford is uh, you know is, is is just waiting to explode, or a belief that we're going to see Holden Gurner very early uh, tomorrow and he's going to take over, or um, uh, some third option. You know, I I don't I don't know about, but uh, but no, I've I've, I've talked to some folks who uh, who feel uh, you know feel really good about uh, about Auburn's chances. I even talked to somebody. I'm not going to name who it was, but but it was the, the you know the belief that. You know, if, if if Brian Harson can salvage a seven and five or eight and four season out of this, you know, should Auburn still should Auburn still fire him? Um, which which you know, it's is sort of an interesting question because I think a lot of the people that are out right now, you know, don't see a seven and five or eight and four season. Uh, you know, at the at the at the end of this uh, at at the end of this horizon, I I would think it would be from what we saw on Saturday and considering Auburn's schedule, if Brian Harson can finish this season with a winning record overall. Um, you know, if we're talking about a seven and five or eight and four regular season this year, I, I think it's it's an incredible turnaround, especially cons- and considering the quarterback injuries too, right? Like this guy's coming into week four with, uh, with with uh, you know with 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 his with guys that were three and four yeah. on the projected depth. I mean, he's he's got he's he's without his top two quarterbacks going into the season, and yep. and he just got destroyed at home by Penn State. If he can salvage that into into five and three in the SEC and wins at home against LSU and Arkansas. And, and I mean, I think it would be crazy for Auburn to fire Brian Harson if this team finishes with well, a win record. Start, to talk, start tomorrow, though, and it needs to not just be uh, an ugly get by. I mean, they need to go ahead. If they can show something that really looks like a spark, maybe. I mean, maybe if they learned an awful lot from last week and realized, hey, what, what they were doing wasn't giving them the best opportunity to win, I don't know. Um, sure. I mean, like I said a while ago, it's the first conference game. So if you can make a statement in this one and, and be able to build confidence, you know, just to regain the confidence, I think Auburn felt pretty good about themselves going into the Penn State game. If they can get that back, then yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But I mean, what we saw last week doesn't lend, you know, to an awful lot of optimism there. Although I'll go back to, uh, to 1983. You know, we've talked about this one. Um, you know, uh, Auburn played. Auburn, Auburn had a, a, a ridiculous schedule that year, and their one loss was a pretty resounding loss. I mean, you can lose a game early if you bounce back from it and still have a very good season. The thing is, you need to bounce back, go ahead and show that, that uh, all right, you've shaken off all the effects from that, learn from that, and don't repeat what happened in that law. Yeah, I, I guess, I mean, I've heard from, and if you if you want Brian Harson to turn this thing around and remain Auburn's coach long-term, you know, I, I think that's that's absolutely, you know, where, you know, if, if this thing can get turned around to where Brian Harson and Auburn can beat some good teams this year, then the temperature is cooled down on, on you know, his, his pressure and, and his, you know, the, the temperature of his seat gets cooled down some and, and things like, I mean, I guess I had one person sort of suggest, Bill, and, and I'm reluctant to even bring this up, 
But it's like can can Auburn, you know, can, can Auburn get to seven and five or eight and four this year, and then that would make Brian Harson more attractive to some other school. That feels like wanting to have your cake and eat it too, right? Like you you want you want to move on from a coach, but you also you you want this season to turn out favorably enough that he's got a landing spot and the, and and things are not a disaster here on campus. Like I, I just don't know. Like I think you got to choose one or the other, right? Either either Brian Harson salvages this thing and gets another chance or this thing is you know clearly so broken that that Auburn's making a, a a pretty big and pretty expensive change and going and finding its new coach. But the notion of yeah, you know Auburn, Auburn's going to finish 8 and 4 or 7 and 5 with Brian Harson and then and then go find the next guy. It's like that that feels detached from reality to me. Well, the defense the defense has got to get a whole lot better. I was thinking more of 82. 1982, Coach Guy's second year, coming off a five and six year. They won uh, um, a couple of games really tight early on. I'm pretty sure that, that Auburn had beaten Tennessee before they went out to Nebraska. They had played Nebraska off their feet in Coach Guy's first year. I think the final was 17 to three. They went out to Lincoln, and Nebraska absolutely shellacked Auburn 41 to seven. Um, if there had been internet and social media the way there is now, a second year coach, coach losing 41 to seven, uh, Nebraska was number, uh, they were a top 10 team, but they weren't top five. Um, there, there would have been a lot of people calling for, for coach guys had then, but they turned around, they won their next few ball games, went on and had an eight win season. That's what Auburn has to, you know, try to strive to this year. Yeah, I mean, I, and even then, I mean, 40 years ago, you had the understanding that the turnarounds were a little more gradual, right? Like, I, I don't know how oh, many SEC you, coaches. You, you if no, no coach, no coach was expected. You know, it's like, okay, it's year two, do it or do it or be gone. Right, and and now we've seen more of that in in recent years, where schools feel more comfortable rendering a verdict after two years about a coach's uh, viability, and and I think Auburn absolutely will be evaluating those things over the next couple of games. And, and including tomorrow, we'll, we'll see what Auburn uh, can do against Missouri and, and what, uh, what Brian Harson and his, and his staff can cook up in a very big game uh, for, uh, for them. 334-321-1390, the number to dial. We will take our first break of hour number two. Love to hear from you. Phone lines are open as far as uh, uh, you know, any, anything you want to chime in with from, uh, from the weekend in college football or uh, your, your thoughts on Auburn and Missouri We'll be back. Stick around. You're listening to The Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in hour number two of the Friday Drive live from Sky Bar. Dan Peck on the patio. Bill working from home, but he is connected via the internet. And Drew at the controls back in the studio, answering the phones and uh, keeping everything on the air. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial. You want to jump in? Thanks again to Sky Bar and the good folks at Bud Light Next for sponsoring our Friday tailgate shows here. On location, zero carbs, crisp taste, light beer from Bud Light. Next, three three four three two one 
1390, the number to dial. Let's get to Jerry, who's on the phone. What's up, Jerry? Hey, guys. Uh, I was glad to hear from Coach Battle. Uh, we're alums of Hanley High School, and uh, I watched him play, and uh, I got to give him credit. He's one of the best punt returners I have ever seen. Oh, right on! Yeah, love, love, love Coach Battle's contributions when he uh, when when he decides he wants to uh, to call our show. I, I don't remember him as a player, but I uh, I uh, so I've I've heard stories, and I uh, yeah, really really appreciate what he's been able to do uh, when he when he calls. Well, hoping I, I'll be at the game tomorrow, and uh, hoping for a better performance. Oh yeah, no kidding. So so is everybody, Jerry. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. See you. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, good, good stuff, Jerry. Appreciate it. Um, uh, yeah, go, go ahead, Bill. I, I, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, Floyd corrected me on a couple of the things I was saying. Man, there, there are some strange similarities to the 882. Yeah, Auburn, I should have looked it up. I got the years backwards. 81, Auburn had gone to Lincoln and played them to a 17-3 game. And the Nebraska fans were, were great, so gracious with with Auburn fan, with Auburn, and, and how impressed they were at this, this scrappy little team. Auburn was uh, 3-0 and with uh, a couple of close wins over, I think, Wake Forest and Southern Miss, and then beat Tennessee to go 3-0, and moved into the rankings for the first time. Nebraska came into Jordan-Hare uh, and, and beat Auburn 41-7 to in 1982. So, so yeah, I mean, if, what you've got to do is, this is when you have to just put it behind you. It was a non-conference game. Auburn came back and had an outstanding year that year. The season's not over, but Auburn needs to get off to a good start in the SEC play tomorrow. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call, Jerry. 334-321-1390, the number to dial. Let's get to Robbie, who's on the line. What's up, Robbie? Hey, guys. How are y'all this afternoon? Doing all right. Good to hear from you. Hey. Yeah, hey, Bill. Yeah, that's what I was calling about because actually I was a student uh, at that game, the, the thrashing that we took from them. But, but what I remember about that game was uh, if, if you remember, Turner Gill was the quarterback. Uh, Irving Fryer was a wide receiver on that team. Dave Remington, who the trophy's yep. named after, was their center. The thing I remember, he picked Dow Waltman up every yeah, play and moved him eight yards. Hello? Yeah, but Bill, you there? Yeah, 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 can you yeah, hear yeah, me? yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. There was some some interference there. Go, go, go ahead, uh, Robbie. Sorry oh, about that. I'm I'm not sure what you caught, but it, it, that game, if you remember, Turner Gill was the quarterback, and uh, Irving Fryer was the wide receiver. Sure. Yeah, and Dave Remington was the center. That's right, and he just picked Dow Altman up and moved him eight yards every play. But but the funniest part I remember, not funny, it wasn't funny then. But their 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 uh, starting uh, running back was out. He was hurt, Roger Craig. So we were just all excited. Of course, his backup was Mike Rozier, <laughs> and he killed us. <laughs> it worked worked out worked out okay for uh, yeah. yeah. For Nebraska. Some of it, yeah. Back in the glory days of Nebraska, no question about that. Yeah, that's the truth. All right, guys, y'all have a great afternoon. Appreciate it, Robbie. Right, good hearing from you, Jerry. Yeah, we, we had we had someone else want to want to jump in on the on the memories of that old Nebraska uh, series as well. I think Mitch remembers that uh, the 1982 game as well. He, he chimed in via the, uh, the the text box. But so so what? 
looking ahead to tomorrow morning, Bill, like what what has to go well for Auburn? What's like the most important thing to fix from uh, for, from from this past weekend? Auburn's got to get the running game going. I mean, defensively, they need to just play more solid. I don't know what happened last week, but they just seemed they were out of position so much. I mean, they've got to get that cleaned up uh, because they should be a solid defensive team. I'd love to see some pass rush tomorrow. Auburn hasn't blitzed much this year. You wonder if they'll if they'll take a chance or two and see if they can, you know, get in the backfield, make some plays. But offensively, They've got to be able to get the well, get the ball to Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter more than they did. What did they have? Like uh, um, they they had fewer than twenty touches between them, including the pass catches, the pass receptions. They've got to get those guys the ball more, regardless of how they do it. Absolutely. I mean, you you would think that the approach offensively uh, would would be reevaluated, not just in uh, who's going to play quarterback. That's that's almost at a necessity. That Auburn has to reevaluate that, but yeah, how they decide to get their uh, their their key skill position players the ball was it was it Jason Caldwell who said you know Auburn needs to be looking at fifty plus touches in a football game for Tank Bigsby, Jarquez Hunter, and Javarius Johnson combined. Uh, you know that 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 needs to be yeah, the plan right now uh, offensively, and, and Auburn wasn't close to fifty touches for those three players combined in the Penn State game on Saturday, and, and I don't think Jason's. I don't think his math is is all that far off as far as where Auburn needs to be trying to to, to concentrate its uh, it, its its uh, touches offensively as far as what skill position players need the ball and uh, yeah that that can uh, that that they have an opportunity to change that tomorrow and you would think against a team like Missouri uh, a, a team that's that's been struggling to find some answers in their own right you would think that uh, an offensive attack based around getting the ball to Auburn's best players would be uh, you know, would would be sort of uh, front and center. Uh, will Auburn will Auburn employ that? Will Auburn go with that, uh, or, or will we see uh, something else tomorrow? Remains uh, to be seen. Yeah, yeah, there's no question. Well, I mean, what you'd really like to see is you'd like to see Auburn get off to a quick start. I mean, just try to uh, you know because that 11 o'clock game, you always worry about the crowd still being you know half asleep and. And Missouri would love to try to go ahead and take Auburn, you know, take the crowd out of it as much as possible. I'm really going to be interested in seeing what the crowd is like tomorrow. So I think very important for Auburn to get off to a fast start, something to get everybody, you know, excited and, and get them really into it. Yeah, a pair of questions that may not have pleasant answers tomorrow, Bill. You know, what does the crowd look like at kickoff? And how does the crowd respond struggles with uh, their first couple of drives of the uh, of the game. 324-321-1390 the number to dial. We will be back with the final half hour of the show. Love to hear from you. Stick around. You're listening to The Drive.
on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final half hour or so of The Drive, live from Skybar Cafe in downtown Auburn. Dan Peck here on the patio right by the front entrance. Doors opening at 6 o'clock for Skybar tonight, 1.30 tomorrow. So if you're looking for something to do after Auburn, Missouri, come by Skybar. They'll have activities going on all day long as homecoming weekend getting underway here in the Auburn area. A lot of, a lot of folks downtown seeing a... A little crowd of folks uh, now uh, congregating uh, near Tumors Corner as the as the, uh, the the homecoming festivities, you know, and, and and just a lot of folks. I mean, and it's a really nice day too. Just a really pleasant uh, afternoon here in uh, you know near Tumors Corner, and yeah, not not surprising that uh, you know not not quite like last weekend uh, with the uh, thousands upon thousands of Penn State fans clogging the uh, the sidewalks and the streets, but a lot of folks in the uh, in the Auburn area for. Uh, the uh, for the weekend three three four three two one thirteen ninety the number to dial we are uh, we are thrilled to be here at Sky Bar and uh, of course want to thank Sky Bar and Bud Light next for being able to uh, provide a promotional consideration allowing us to be on site here at Sky Bar let's get to Mitch who's on the phone what's up Mitch hey guys um, hey Bill uh, yeah. Uh, the knee problem thing, I'm I'm pretty sure I'll probably have some later in life myself after all the parachute jumps I made in the Air Force. So uh, I hope I hope I hope everything turns out well with the knees. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's just slow, I guess. The older you get, the slower it's, uh, the more longer it takes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know that 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 constant pounding. But anyway, kind of wanted to go down memory lane a little bit. Yeah, the uh, um. I, I do remember that 82 Nebraska game. I, I think I started programs and coached for that. But then uh, I also remember the uh, the Texas game the next year in '83, uh, which was 20 to seven. And I think I think Nebraska yeah, and it was Texas like 20 to seven. The only loss Auburn had that year was that that was a much much closer game. Auburn right, couldn't do right. anything offensively, but it was much closer. Uh, well, I'm curious since you were probably working uh, or close to the athletic department. Who who scheduled Nebraska and Texas '81 through '84? Those had been on the schedule. I don't know if it was uh, uh, Coach Parfield or if it had been on the schedule uh, from from Shug's day. They've been on the schedule for a long time. Okay, it's just it just seemed to just uh, be like perfect timing, and then. And then, of course, you know we, you know we, we don't win the national championship. Miami beats Nebraska in '83, and then we we uh, were number one, I think, in '84, and we play Miami in the kickoff classic. I think we lose that one twenty to eighteen. Yeah, yeah, and then and then and then Bo gets hurt in the Texas game. I think we lose that one thirty-five to seven in Austin. So yeah, just wow, that was a long time ago. But uh, but. Uh, Actually, the main reason I called was uh, um, uh, one of Auburn's commits from Chipley. Uh, I think his name is DeQuarius. Is that correct? Wide receiver? Sorry, I believe, yeah. 
The Quavia okay. story, I think, is what his name is. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, he's uh he's playing Freeport, which is just down the road from uh, where I am. So I think I'm gonna go check that check that out and do my uh, uh, Jason Caldwell impersonation and go uh, check out a future uh, Auburn. That's uh, good. Yeah. Give us a scouting report. I will. I will. I will. So I I don't, I don't know how good either team is really. Uh, I mean. You know, I normally listen to Auburn High School on Friday night, and and I don't know how many of the how many of the teams here in the Florida Panhandle actually uh, get broadcast on the radio. I think some in Panama City Beach. Maybe I think I think Niceville has a has a local radio affiliate, uh, or they they did for yeah. a, they did for a long time. I don't know if they still do, but but I believe for a while Niceville High School radio uh, existed. I, I, you know what, Dan? I think you're right because when we were living on Eglin, when we first moved down here, I think I actually listened to him on, on the radio a little bit. So, but uh, uh, that's the plan tonight. Just uh, want to call in and uh, and tell you guys that and kind of go down memory lane a little bit. And uh, Larry, Bill, get three. better, oh, man. Ahead. We love you. Bye. Awesome, Mitch. Great to hear from you. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. I love love getting a dispatch. From the old Florida Panhandle there, and and yeah, near near Freeport High School. So Mitch gonna get to check out a uh, an Auburn recruit a little bit uh, later on. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial. We are live at Sky Bar, presented by Bud Light. Next, and let's get to the phones. And Pat is on the line. What's up, Pat? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Bill and Dan. Bill, I hope you recover soon, brother. And uh, me too. I, I just I just had yeah yeah no yeah no doubt. I just had a couple things. So. Um, like the offensive line has been here for quite many years, right? Um, and they don't seem as strong as other offensive linemen. Um, like what is our strength and conditioning? You know, does it match up with other people? And, um, the other thing is, um, we need to get, we got to get holding a couple snaps because he he's going to be the backup quarterback or he might be the starter. Who knows? Right. And, um, and it seems to be like since Pat died, um, it's like Auburn and, and look guys, I am an Auburn fan. I mean, orange and blue. All right. Um, but it's like, when we get rid of a coach, they don't, they fall down. They don't fall up. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm, I'm going to listen to what y'all got to say. And, uh, look, I appreciate your show. Love you guys. And, uh, thanks, man. Absolutely. Pat, great hearing from you. Appreciate the phone call. Don't be a, uh, don't be a stranger. You know, I, I don't really know if I'm in a position to, to talk about like the, the offensive line strength and conditioning versus other SEC programs. Uh, strength and conditioning. No, no, it's funny though. It's funny though, Dan. I mean, there was so much praise for uh, for Coach Jeff Pittman and and his and the strength and conditioning program. Remember, all the linemen we talked to felt like they felt they were they were so much stronger than they had been. It it doesn't. You know, you, I don't know if I can tell if that's the problem with the offensive line because I, to a man, they all talked about how much more physical and stronger they were. But they just haven't been a good cohesive unit. Neither neither side of the line of scrimmage has been to this point. So so yeah, I, I really don't know how to answer that. Hey, I did I did have one other thing I wanted to add in. Floyd, who who is uh, always great with info, uh, 
was able to find when that Auburn Nebraska series. Mitch had wondered when they when they'd uh, agreed on that series. He said it was back in November of 1971. Wow! And that was back when uh, Auburn, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Nebraska were the top four teams in the country, and Alabama, Nebraska ended up playing in the Orange Bowl, and Auburn and Oklahoma played in the Sugar Bowl. So toward the end of that regular season was when the Auburn-Nebraska regular season series, you know, that, that's the way it always used to be. It would be 10 to 15 years out if you'd had a big, uh, you know, intersectional series like that. 334-321-1390, the number to dial. Let's get to Spectre, who's hanging on. What's up, Spectre? Hey, guys. I hadn't talked to you since last week. Been trying to recover from that egg that we laid. But listen, I, I got a question. In midweek, I found out that Zach, that Zach had a, a shoulder problem. When did that uh, become an issue? I, I know he was slightly injured before, but all of a sudden, he can't play. He's got to have surgery. And we're in a, under the impression that he couldn't, he wasn't playing well in practice. And the reason why he was on, on third string. What is up with that? Well, well, well here... Here's what, what I've been able to put together. I don't know this for sure, but, I mean, it, uh, it sure sounds like Zach re-injured the non-throwing shoulder at some point before fall practice started. Uh, Auburn and, and the, the Auburn doctors had felt he could play with that. It wasn't his throwing shoulder, but he was going to need to get it cleaned up at some point. I do think that once Zach struggled some in practice, maybe part of that mentally because he was – uh, concerned about not getting hit on that shoulder, but it sounds like it's going to be a labrum that's going to have to be cleaned up. That that's what he'd had done uh, already one time, and a lot of times they have to go back in and, and clean it up. That's what I'm hoping we don't have to do with my knee. But I mean, you know, a lot of times they have to go back in and do a little second work. But it, but in in the opinion of the the Auburn um, staff, they felt that Zach could compete with that. I think Zach, though, after struggling in at least one scrimmage and then finding himself third on the depth chart, decided, hey, I might as well go ahead and get this cleaned up right now. If I'm not going to be anything better than the third-string quarterback, I want to go ahead and have the surgery and be as close to 100% as possible for the offseason. Well, yeah, I agree. But it's nice to know that now. I mean, I wish I had known it last week, you know, hoping that he would come in and clean this game up. But – now that I know what's going on with him. Uh, well, look, I tell you what, I'm ready for tomorrow morning. If things start going south, I'll be spitting nails for sure. And I got my list of coaches, and I'll be and I'll be telling you about them next week. Absolutely, Spectre. Well, I don't think you'll be we'll alone. Be I don't think you'll be alone in, in wanting uh, uh, to, uh, to to talk about uh, you know, potential coaching candidates if Auburn can't bounce back from, uh, from this Bill. past week and, and, and put up a better game. On Saturday, Bill. Yeah, are you there, Bill? Yeah, I'm here. Jeff. Jeff Grimes is at the top of my list. Uh, that, oh, that's yeah, not yeah. a that's not a shock to me. I think Jeff Grimes should be near uh, the top of everybody's list. Well, reason being is I've been telling you for, ever since I've been, I've known you that recruiting is is Auburn's problem, and. and and recruiting offensive line has been a huge problem for years. Yes, Harson, I, I still don't I do not understand why he got rid of his top three recruiters. It, it's amazing to me. Anyway, 
I'll let y'all go. I'll be talking to after the game, and I'll be talking to you Monday. Absolutely, Specter. Great Hi, stuff. Specter. And, and and yeah, there could be. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there there are any number of things to second guess about the uh, about that, and we'll see what happens. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial. We will be back. You're listening to the drive live at Sky Bar. Stick around. The drive continues. 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 The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in final segment of the afternoon final segment of the week here on the friday drive again want to thank our sponsors sky bar cafe doors opening in about 10 minutes here at sky bar they'll be going all night long park band on the main stage tomorrow 1 30 doors open up if you're uh, looking for something to do after auburn missouri gets finished doors will be open with that game i mean right around halftime or so with uh with, with, with a 1 30 uh with with with, uh, with an 11 o'clock tip and a 1.30 opening of the Sky Bar doors. So, yeah, by all means, check out uh, Sky Bar all weekend long. And, again, want to shout out Bud Light Next. Zero carbs, a crisp, refreshing light beer from the good folks at Bud Light. Try Bud Light Next and always drink responsibly. Bill, uh, have you uh, you offered a prediction for uh, for tomorrow's game? I know we've, we've given our predictions to uh, to, uh, to uh, Brian Matthews and the Rivals folks. What, uh, what, what, did, you, what, what did you come up with? Well, I, I was just about to look and see what it was. I did it a couple of days ago when I was under uh, um, some medication. So 70, just, 77 <laughs> nothing Auburn? No, no, it wasn't, any, wasn't anywhere near that. Uh, golly, I think I sent it to Brian. Wait, here we go. Let's pre- see. Bill, I think, I'm looking uh, at this. You predicted one of the teams to score a smiley face. Uh, probably did. 27-20, and I, I don't know. I may have been... <laughs> A little too uh, medicated. That's an awful lot of points. Well, you know, the, uh, but that's what I think. I, I think the over/under is right around forty-nine fifty for, yeah. for tomorrow's well, I'm, game. I'm definitely so. feeling under. Definitely feeling the under. Yeah, I, I've got a, uh, I've got twenty-seven, twenty-three, and I, I went with Missouri. I, I re- you know, I just and I, right. I, I, re- I rarely that's not a huge surprise. I rarely pick against Auburn in these things, but it's just, I mean, both sides of the ball are big question marks and. After a loss like the one on Saturday, I just need to see Auburn play well before I can feel good picking them against an SEC team. And I know that's it's fair to say the same thing about Missouri. Uh, Missouri, you know, got got flattened by Kansas State. It's fair to wonder uh, what what kind of competition they're going to be for major conference opponents too. But for Auburn, I just uh, you know I, I think it's it's maybe the the the, the sudden removal of T.J. Finley and for that matter Zach Calzada from the picture, coupled with. The defensive struggles and 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 the way that uh, yeah I just I just wonder you know I, I don't know what to expect on either side of the ball for, from Auburn tomorrow and it remains to be seen you know what we get but I I won't be shocked at all I mean a couple of weeks ago I, I think a Missouri win in Jordan Stadium would have absolutely shocked me after seeing Auburn against Penn State hard 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 to say that a Missouri win tomorrow would be all that shocking if the uh, if, if the Tigers can uh, if the visiting Tigers can take care of business and uh, force Auburn into a couple of mistakes on both sides of the ball. I think what we'll find out tomorrow is where the Auburn players and the team's heads are. I mean, if, if they're distracted by all the talk and, and really looking back at the Penn State game and things like that, 
then it could be another sloppy game and, and Missouri has a chance to win. If Auburn comes out, uh, you know, just pissed off and, and wanting to, uh, um, to, to prove something after last week, they can win easily. But uh, right now, it's hard to just expect that. Like I was, I, I felt so confident heading into last week that we were going to see some positive things that we hadn't seen all year long. I just knew that Auburn had been holding some things back and, and they were going to be, uh, you know, unleashed against Penn State. And there was nothing of that. No, I, I didn't see anything that we hadn't seen before last week. You saw Penn State with the throwback to the quarterback. and But you didn't see Auburn really doing anything that we hadn't seen before. As a matter of fact, you didn't even see Auburn doing everything they'd done in the Mercer game. Uh, maybe they feel like they don't need to have as many players in motion. Maybe they feel, they feel like that confuses them or something. But whatever, it seemed to make it much easier for Penn State to be able to to attack on either side of the ball. So that's, that's the kind of thing that I'm looking for tomorrow. But, yeah, I can't be confident that that's what we're going to see. Certainly. 334-321-1390 is the uh, number to dial. And, yeah, it's just uh, it's, it's, um, it, it is, it is a, it, it, it's, it's a game with a lot of question marks tomorrow between Auburn's passing offense, Auburn's rushing offense, and, and of course, what Missouri uh, could uh, could potentially bring uh, to the uh, to the table for Auburn, but it's a uh, yeah it's 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 clearly a big game for for Brian Harson and company both in the short term and the long term of his Auburn tenure. Uh, any other games in the SEC bill that really stand out to you? you know you got uh, Florida Tennessee at two thirty, Arkansas A and M at six o'clock. Wh- which of those two uh, do you think could be uh, could could be uh, the better watch? Well, I think Arkansas Texas A and M is going to be a more competitive game. Unless Tennessee just uh, feels the pressure of not having been able to beat Florida for the last few years and finally being favored against them, but because because Tennessee ought to be able to handle Florida, I would think Florida's offense uh, has been too one-dimensional up to this point. Tennessee's not great defensively, but man, they're fun to watch offensively. Arkansas and Texas A&M statistically, Arkansas is a terrible pass defense team. But they've been playing from ahead, and teams have been throwing the ball. They've been giving up some yards. Um, so uh, Max Johnson's going to have to play very well, I think, for Texas A&M to win. But we've seen Max Johnson play very well in the past. I just think that Arkansas A&M game is is going to be a could potentially a, a game that comes down to the last possession. I just don't see Florida Tennessee being that tight game. But I think it's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, and for Auburn fans that are despairing right now, I would remind you this, you know, a, a little more than a year ago, Florida was in the top 10, and we thought Tennessee was going into a very long, very cold winter. Tennessee and now, didn't know who their quarterback was. They, they, hadn't, they hadn't decided that Hooker was not their quarterback this time a year ago. Right, and, and, and just about a year later, Tennessee's on the verge of the top 10, and Florida looks like they, they could be in a lot of trouble. So things change quickly. Uh, and, and, you know, yeah, I, I would encourage, I would encourage Auburn people not to – not to despair too much because nothing, uh, no, nothing stays forever in college football, and things can change a lot more quickly than, than they had in previous years. I think Tennessee looks to be in excellent shape tomorrow against Florida. I had no idea in A&M, Arkansas. I would probably lean A&M, um, but that's a young defensive line going up against an Arkansas attack that, right. that focuses it right on the, uh, the middle of your defensive line and sees what they, you know, if, if they're strong enough to, uh, to hold up. So I don't know what to make of, of that game. Hey, Bill, one more thing about Auburn, uh, Missouri. Do you think there could be personnel changes on either side of the ball from besides quarterback, what Auburn had going into the game against Penn State? 
largely going to be the same starting lineup on both sides of the ball. I wouldn't be surprised. We saw three different right guards last week. So, no, I wouldn't be surprised to see some changes. Hey, after a performance like that, everybody's job had better be in jeopardy. Didn't Jaleel Irvin play quite a bit of center in, in the second half yeah. as well? I, I wonder if I wonder if Auburn's taking another look there and, and deciding if, it, if it's Tate Johnson or someone else at that position. Bill, we will talk to you again soon, even if you don't make it out to the, uh, to the stadium tomorrow. Uh, by, by all means, feel better, and uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. Working on it. Have a great weekend. Absolutely, folks. Again, thanks to Sky Bar and Bud Light Next for uh, sponsoring today's show. Sky Bar's door is opening in uh, in just a few seconds. So don't, uh, uh, by all means, uh, don't, don't miss it this weekend. Have a good one. Good night.